Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me again is Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are we doing tonight? Joe, doing pretty well. Uh, it's been another been another beautiful un New Hampshire spring like week here. <laughs> you know, it's been it's been great to get outside. The the turf's clear, and uh, yeah, I mean, looking around the state, I think everybody's been out enjoying the nice weather. So. Been a been a good start to lacrosse season so far. Yeah, and, skills and drills. In uh, in typical New Hampshire fashion, I think it's supposed to be what seventy uh, a couple days to finish out this week, and then when everyone gets out for practice on Monday, it's going to be in the forties. So at least in of course. the southern part of the state. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty typical, I would think. So, and I'm sure we'll get an April snowstorm in there oh, too. Of course, well. yeah, so, of course. But uh, but we'll take it we'll take it while it's here. So yeah, so. In, in, <laughs> Enjoying it and uh, excited to uh, excited to uh, do a little college rundown here with you and, and get our D1 preview going as well. All right. Well, uh, before we get to that, uh, this season, uh, I want to mention that uh, we'll be posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings. Uh, so if you haven't um, set a reminder in your calendar, uh, do that now. Uh, as always, you can send us your questions and feedback. I'm shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at NHHSports. Uh, we're still uh, running the um, special lacrosse memberships. Uh, if anyone's still interested in those, uh, we're doing two different kinds of memberships this year. Uh, one you can sign up for uh, just the, the stories that are on the website. Uh, the other one, you not only get access to uh, the stories online, but you also get a copy of the Lacrosse Preview magazine and uh, the Boys and Girls Lacrosse Yearbook uh, that will come out at the end of the year featuring a lot of our coverage, uh, you know, the uh, all-state teams, both the ones that are picked by the coaches and ones that uh, we'll put together on the site. A uh, bunch of other great things in that, so you can go to nh-highschoolsports.com and click on the membership tab at the top of the page for that. And uh, also I'd like to remind everyone, you know, if you're, you're looking to uh, help promote your business, uh, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast. Uh, you know, there isn't much, uh, isn't much, but there are some costs involved with putting the show together every week. Uh, we'd like to be able to continue doing that with not just lacrosse, but also football. So if you're a fan of the show or know someone who would like to promote their business, uh, again, shoot us an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all the announcements I've got. You got any, anything going on this week that you want to, you want to plug? No, uh, <laughs> other than other than just like we said, thankful that we're back again. Um, you know, Joe, I think we do. I think we do uh, want to start off by, you know, uh, recognizing the the tragedy that happened earlier this week in the lacrosse community and the, the football community in New Hampshire, and, and talk about Londonderry's Jake Nar and, and you know how much he meant to, uh, to both both communities here, and how sad we are to uh, to pass him passing away, and just uh, to pass along our condolences to the to the Londonderry uh, family and both in the lacrosse and football side and in, in just the school in general. Um, you know, I, I, I speak from my standpoint, you know, I, I didn't know Jake real well personally, but you know, every time I got to see him on the lacrosse field, he was a larger than life personality. He always had a smile on his face. He seemed to, he seemed to lift up others around him. People wanted to be around him and he was definitely a, a, a very physical presence on the field and definitely, you know, from everything I know would have, would have been uh, a leader for, for the Londonary team this year. Um, you know, anything, anything you want to say before, uh, before we start the podcast? Just, yeah, here? just a, a, an unbelievable, um, tragedy. And, and just, again, like you said, um, our hearts go out to, you know, the Londonderry community and his family and, and his friends and, um, just the, the outpouring of, I think, emotion and just, uh, you know, what people have had, the positive things that people have had to say about him. Um, you know, the one that kind of struck me was earlier today, um, the NH, uh, New Hampshire football report. Uh, which is done by uh, Roger Brown, um, posted a story, and it had a quote in there from Londonderry's uh, head coach, uh, Jimmy Lozon. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to read that because I thought it was just uh, a very touching thing and uh, just kind of sums up, you know, everything that, that I've heard about, uh, about Jake. Uh, you know, Coach Lozon said, uh, you know, one of our kids said in the paper that he had no enemies. That kind of shows you what type of person he was. He had a really positive energy. I coached the defensive ends, and I'd be showing him how to do something. Then he'd go, back, go to the back of the line and show the sophomores what I was explaining. He wants you to do it like this. Uh, the kids loved him for that. And I think that's just uh, a really nice memory to have there, and, and I'm sure 
you know, something that, um, you know, the London area kids, uh, his friends and teammates can kind of carry with them moving forward. Some things that he, uh, you know, he was able to teach them and, and what kind of friend he was to them. So yeah, again, our, yeah. our, our thoughts go out to his family and, and the London area community and, and just, uh, really, really sad to, to, you know, uh, hear that news. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was a really nice thing. The, the football coaches association, um, you know, elected him to this year's Chad, you know, represent the, the, in the Chad game as well this year. So he was represented there. So that, that was a really nice thing. And, uh, you know, I think for any of our listeners out there, if, if you're looking for a way to, uh, to help, um, you know, I'd urge you to get in touch with, with coach Roger Sampson. And I, I'm sure there are, uh, I know there's a, a GoFundMe page set up that's, uh, you know, a scholarship in his name. Um, I don't have the link in front of me, but I know that we could easily find it. Uh, and I, I think they've already raised over $30,000 to uh, to help set up a scholarship fund uh, for graduating seniors in, in the Londonderry area. So, again, really nice things and, and ways to get involved if, if you'd like to. So, yeah, it's, again, um, not, um, you know, just wanted to send our condolences out to the, to the, uh, the Londonderry families here. It's uh, it is the the Jacob Nar Scholarship Fund on GoFundMe. There's actually a link to it at the end of uh, Roger's story on the uh, New Hampshire Football Report. So if you're you're looking for that, that's probably the fastest way to find it. Um, yeah. Perfect. So no easy no easy way to transition no, to that, but no. uh, you know we we do want to uh, you know we are going to translate here. We want to we want to prop up some. Uh, some of our uh, New Hampshire local local players who are who are making a name for themselves in, in the college scene here, and uh, you know we'll do our our weekly rundown here. Um, you know, so so last week we started talking about uh, UMass's uh, Dylan Arant, who played at Merrimack yeah. Valley, and you know UMass has played twice this week. They they lost to Albany uh, by one goal over the weekend, or I'm sorry, they they beat Drexel over the weekend 13-7, and then recently lost to Albany by one. Uh, but in those two games. Dylan exploded on the scene. He's got seven goals in those wow. two games there. So he, he's filling the stat book. And uh, Charlie O'Brien from from uh, Bishop Girton chipping in with an assist as well, making making the scorebook there. So great to see those two guys still continuing on and, and Dylan representing New Hampshire in the way he is. Uh, you know, a team we've talked about a lot, Bryant. They had a big win over Wagner over the weekend, 18-5. Uh, ben Abladian went 2-2. Two and two. Mason Druin got a goal there. You know, Ben from BG and Mason from Pinkerton. Uh, you know, I feel like lately I've been the, the AJ Fox fan club here, but, uh, anybody who watched the Syracuse Holy Cross game, did you get a chance to watch that game, Joe? I, you know what? I did not. I will admit that, uh, most of my, my viewing, uh, sports viewing this past weekend was on the, uh, the basketball, basketball tournaments. Yeah. I did. I, yeah. I went basketball, yeah. you know, when, when you got basketball on from like noon until midnight, <laughs> um, it was tough not to, uh, and you know, there's uh, some changes in the state of New Hampshire uh, that were supposed that were in place last year, but uh, also still in place this year that had a, a you know a little bit of an impact on my my watching. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that and let some let everyone else fill in the blanks. Nice. Um, maybe maybe you had a little action going. Yeah, that's good. That's you know, good. You know, but, maybe. Uh, well, it was it was it was madness. There was some madness this weekend, and I tell you what, AJ, AJ played right into that. He was playing out of his mind this weekend. Both um, the the announcers of the game, Paul Carcaterra and Anish Sharaf, they were his biggest fans throughout the game. There, they did a whole halftime segment on his play, and, and rightfully so. He he kept Holy Cross in this game for for a long time. It was one nothing after the first quarter, and it was only uh, it was six to one at the half. He had uh, he had close to I think he had a dozen saves at the half ended up with 18 saves for the game they ended up losing 15-6 but I mean he, I'll tell you right now it could have been it, I mean Syracuse dominated possession there his his uh his clearing middies and uh and offense didn't give him a whole lot of help till late in the game but he just played phenomenal and uh you know rightfully so got a lot of great coverage this weekend so congrats to AJ for for continuing on there we'll, you know uh you play like that in the dome, the ball looks a lot bigger when you start playing some of those other Patriot League teams. So good things for him to still to come. Uh, there was a, a cool reunion uh, down in North Carolina this down down this weekend with uh, Chad Cheresky and Brian Cameron getting posed for for a photo down there. North Carolina ended up winning 15-5. Uh, Zach Tucci had a nice day at the the faceoff X, going 56 percent. And then uh, kind of rounding out things, we had uh, Timmy Hendricks doing his thing with uh, two and one. And uh, unfortunately, Providence has lost to Georgetown. Georgetown's got a, they got a really good team this year, but uh, you know, Timmy's still Timmy's still doing well. So, 
plenty of guys representing us on the uh, the D1 level here this weekend. So great job to them, and uh, you know more things more things to come. Yeah, it's great to see a lot of these. I know there's been some, you know, still some games that are getting postponed here and there, but from the from what it sounds like, everybody's really getting into the flow of their season, playing a couple games a week. Um, you know, and love love to see the local locals, um, you know, representing New Hampshire well. Uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about the uh, the you know New Hampshire program starting to get going in, in D two specifically uh, St Anselm's and and Southern New Hampshire. Um, you know, they uh, on the women's side they played actually their first game of the year last Wednesday uh, against each other, which uh, St A's won uh, nineteen to five. You know, and they've gotten off to uh, – they've gotten a pair of wins so far. Uh, that first one against SNU last Wednesday, and then they played uh, American International um, on Saturday, beat them 12-4. to We're supposed to play Assumption on Wednesday of this week, but, again, that's one of the games that was postponed. Uh, St. A's certainly off to a good start, you know, at 2-0 and uh, on the season. Um, you know, and they've uh, – excuse me, and then Southern New Hampshire um, – you know they've struggled a little bit more on that end, on their end. Uh, of course, that opening loss, they did bounce back last Saturday, beat St. Mike's nine to six, and then uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, dropped a, uh, a really tough one to Stonehill, uh, twenty-one to five. So you know they're um, both getting off to uh, getting their seasons going, and and like I said, St. A's off to a two and zero start. Uh, both of them, I believe, are going to play again coming up here. Uh, yeah, Snoo has uh, Bentley on Saturday at Bentley. Uh, so that should be a, a good one. Nice, uh, I believe that's a conference game, correct? Yep. Yeah. And so the the way the Northeast Ten sort of split up regionally this year, and you know, same thing on the boys' side: Franklin Pierce, Southern New Hampshire, Bentley, St. Mike's, Assumption. Um, who am I missing there? Uh, St. Anselm. They're all kind of playing each other, and sometimes they they play each other more than once. Um, and then they'll, I believe, they're still. Uh, I, I'll have to get confirmation next week, but I believe they're still going to take uh, the top four teams and play play a little any time tournament at the end. Um, we'll get we'll get confirmation on that next week, but they're definitely doing it sort of a, a regional style this year, and some of that was due to the travel restrictions between right, New York yeah, and yeah. some of the other New England schools there, um, which may be loosening up, but but they weren't loosening up in time to uh, to create the the schedule there. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, sticking with that on the T2 side, you know, we mentioned last week that that big tilt that was happening in Franklin Pierce and, and Southern New Hampshire and the uh, and Ringe there in the in the Ravens nest. Uh, you know that that game, I got to tell you, Joe, it was one of the best best games of the season so far. You know, regardless of division, Southern New Hampshire ended up pulling out 16-15 uh, late in the fourth quarter, back and forth game. Franklin Pierce would go up a lot. Southern New Hampshire would battle back there. Um, you know, on Franklin Pierce's size, you had, you had Owen McCormick going, going one and one Connor Chaplin from, uh, from Gosstown going, going one and one, uh, over on the Southern New Hampshire side, you had Steven Du Bois, another, another Gosstown grad going five, five and one, six points on the day, uh, blast from the past, David Wiedenfeld from Londonderry going four and one, uh, and then the real story of the game. And, and we kind of thought going into this, that it might be the case was, was the face off X, um, Southern New Hampshire has, you know, state champion Gianno Mara from uh, Pinkerton there. He ended up going 63% on the day, wow. and he was a big, you know, big reason why, you know, Southern New Hampshire going into the fourth quarter, I, I want to say they were down two or three goals, and they were able to get back into it through uh, through quick strikes from Gianno there. So, uh, you know, a great great start. You know, obviously neither team wants to lose that, but, you know, a, a really good sign for both teams. Their offenses are clicking and, and they showed a lot of resilience throughout both going back and forth there. So uh, I'm excited to watch some D2 this year. I think there's some between St. A's, Southern New Hampshire, and Franklin Pierce. There's some really good lacrosse in our backyard with a lot of local guys playing. You know, and I did see that, uh, that, that someone from Channel 9 tweeted uh, that they were covering today's uh, women's game up there at, at SNU. Uh, you know, so that uh, that gives me hope that uh, you know we, we might actually you know maybe get up there at some point this year and 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 you know maybe cover a game or at least attend a game and and get to watch. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's actually the case. One of the one of the schools in the area at least. Well, I got my first COVID shot on Monday, so maybe <laughs> maybe I get maybe I get a pass, right? Do I yeah, get a, right. Do I have a passport now? Like I get to go around and you know. So I don't know. Say, I, um, I saw I saw the Miami Heat had a section set up for vaccinated fans in the in the really? lower, lower bowl. Yeah, they're going to start doing that. So I don't I don't know. We'll have to find out if any of the, any of the schools are doing that. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm 
I'm going to guess probably not, but we never know. We might. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well we, uh, as we said today, we wanted to um, get started uh, looking at the uh, the 2021 high school season. And um, I think probably the, the place to start with that for us is uh, on the Division I uh, boys' side. Um, you know, it's um, plenty of years, you know, we've, we've kind of, I don't want to say we've known the outcome before the season starts because – I think the last couple of years I've picked uh, the opposite of who's won, ended up winning the championship, um, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but it has been uh, a BG Pinkerton uh, division the last, uh, well, at least the last decade. Um, they've met in the final, I what, seven, eight times in a row now. Um, you know, and but uh, I, I don't know, is this, is this the year that uh, that streak gets broken up? Or is it going to be another uh, Cardinals Astros final? Do you think whenever, uh, whatever day in June the the finals end up being? Well, I think I think if there's ever a year, if there's a COVID year, I think I think if there's a chance for it this year, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. But I, I think we gotta I think we gotta start by by just talking about who who's in the division, right? We've had right. we've had some changes, people moving up and down. Um, you know, just just to run through it, we'll go in alphabetical order. So there, there's 12 teams in Division One this year on the boys' side. You've got Bedford, you've got Bishop Girton, Concord, Dover, Exeter, Londonderry, Merrimack. We've got Nashville schools, North and South, Pinkerton, Salem, and Southhegan. So out of that mix, you might be, you know, Joe, what, what stands out to you? Who, who's missing from that mix that's been a long time, long time member there? Can you, can you just, I know I put you on the spot there, but can you, can you think who, yeah. who, who would you normally um, expect to hear in that mix that's not there anymore? Well, for the first time in, in what, forever, maybe, uh, Hanover is not in the division. Uh, Hanover dropped down correct. to D2. Uh, yep. Of course, Merrimack is the, the, I guess you'd call them the newcomer. Um, they were out, out on the last cycle, the last two years, uh, down in D2. They're back up. Uh, and then uh, I believe Keene also dropped down. Keene and Timberlane dropped down along with Hanover. Yep. Keene and Timberlane came back down again. Yeah. So yeah, kind so, of um, a, a different um, a different look uh, on the on the division. I'm I'm interested in it because you know at 12 teams, I believe that's what it was for a long time. You know, early 2000s, 2000, maybe the beginning of 2010s, um, and I. Th- thought that they kind of wanted to get away from having the division be that small but then again it's it, it is tough for some of those programs that you know aren't as uh don't have i guess the the kind of um i'm trying to think of the right way to put it the kind of history well, of, i would of say, I would, say BG de- or, I would say yeah. depth yeah or yeah, the depth yeah I, yeah that too yeah you know i would say depth and the the ability to have you know really strong large senior and junior classes every year you know, it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit hard. You you know you look at that you look at that list. It truly, there there are a lot of sports where where uh, school size doesn't matter, and and lacrosse can be one of those one of those sports. But if you look at the the D one level, it it truly a lot of those are the schools that have the larger class sizes, so that that they can kind of ensure that they're going to have you know larger. It doesn't necessarily mean talent equates to it, but their roster size is going to generally not fluctuate as much as some of the other schools. Um, you know, and I think, I think in a non COVID year, it, it might actually be a really good thing that there's only 12 teams there, you know, cause it would give you a lot of flexibility to play some of those great out of state games and matchups or, or, you know, have a BG Pinkerton twice or an Exeter Pinkerton or a BG Pinkerton twice, you know, where you kind of want to see those things, you know? So I think in the future, it's not necessarily a bad thing that there's 12 teams there. When we get to division two, we're going to talk about the problems of having a 23 team division, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for now we'll stick with we'll stick with D one here. Yeah, um, you know, and and you, you mentioned that doubling up, and we're going to get a lot of those. Um, you know, BG Exeter Pinkerton uh, South is in the mix there too. Uh, Londonderry, I think, believe they all play each other twice, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, th- some of these, uh, you know, some of these teams really uh, challenge themselves in terms of of who they're playing and what they scheduled and, and which I, I like seeing. Um, but I think is also a good idea too. And in a year when, I mean, we're not a hundred percent sure of this, I don't think, but you know, all signs are, are indicating that the playoffs are going to be, um, not just an open tournament, but an unseeded tournament. So whatever you do in the regular season ultimately isn't going to count towards the playoffs. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that, that that's still your understanding of it. 
it, it is. It's not necessarily what we as coaches want or ADs want, but um, you know, it's looking more and more like that. That they're at least going to try to do it regionally and and maybe be able to seed within the regions. But even that's going to be hard because everybody's playing, you know, a schedule kind of like you said, under the assumption that none of these games really matter. You know, and that you can you can challenge yourself or, you know, play out of division and and you know. So then, how do you how do you compare? But um, that's for another time. We don't need to. We've <laughs> spent enough time on that already. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to kind of get into um, you know who who some of these top teams are and kind of uh, talk about the division here and some of the great talent that we have in Division One. You know, regardless regardless of where you know these teams finish, uh, you know, just about every one of these teams has some kids that are going to be playing at the college level coming up and uh you know there's reason for optimism on all of them on all teams well you know i'm just gonna just gonna jump right into the pool head first here uh and say um going into the spring my you know the favorite from where i'm sitting uh it's got to be bishop Girton. um you know with the number number of, of kids that they are returning uh the number of kids that they've got that are going on to play uh in college i think i last count i counted eight guys on this on, on this uh uh, team that are going to be going to play somewhere in college. Um, the majority of them, it seems like they're they're D one kids too, um, and it's not just at any one spot on the field. Although their defense looks like it's. I was going to say when you can put when you can put three three Division one defensemen out there and Aiden Ahern going to Villanova, John Sullivan going to West Point, and Matt Craney going to Merrimack. You're 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 already starting with a pretty <laughs> pretty solid uh, pretty solid core there. And so. and you know it it just kind of goes to show you the the cyclical nature of of high school sports too because I think when we sat down and did this two years ago going into the 2019 season, you know the talk was for us uh, that BG had uh, James Heitmiller back in goal uh, for his junior year, and then I don't know if they had anybody returning on defense. They had guys that had had experience, but. I don't think any of them were starters from the year before. Uh, there, and were here, there were questions around. There right, were questions right. Around, and, that, you know, and I remember Aiden that. Hearn, can Aiden Hearn yeah. get it done? Well, he got it done in those two years. Since well, then, that so. I remember that first game that they played, too, against, I want to say it was Needham, uh, where they were, I want to say they were down like 8-1 to start that game, uh, something like that. So there were some growing pains early on, and this year it, it's flipped. It seems like it's flipped. You know, like you, you have those. Uh, three guys that you mentioned that are, that are coming back to, to lead that defense. You also have a junior, uh, Nick Dahl, uh, who also uh, is expected to play uh, a big role for BG. And then you have any one of, what, six or seven guys that could be uh, playing, seeing time and goal for, for BG. Is that right? It, it's an absolute, you know, just wealth of, of talent there. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll start with a kid who, who I've seen, you know, Matt Piker, who, who's put a lot of effort in as a senior. He's homegrown. He, you know, started playing goalies, been to some of my goalie clinics, would start for, for an awful lot of teams throughout the state. Dylan Stewart, who who's, uh, was at Bedford before this, uh, you know, very talented, very talented young man. Zach Connerty, who, you know, uh, a big kid, takes up a lot of space in the net, quick hands, great outlets, plays at a high level. Sam Clawson, who, who's starting, uh, starting to play goaltender for the first time. And then you got three freshmen who, again, could probably step in and play for most teams in the state, and Avery Reed, Will Murphy, and Mike McDonough. So, uh, you know, how coach manages that, that's going to be an incredible task. But, um, you know, uh, probably a pretty nice <laughs> problem to have Yeah. <laughs> when you got guys that can all, and, you know, they – it seems like all of those goalies get along with each other too. So it's, it's not a, uh, it, it's like when you have a QB room, right? Either you have, you have a good one or you have a bad one. And they, they have a good, uh, they have a good goalie room right now with these guys. So good problem to have. And, you know, with, with the, the defense that we mentioned, um, you know, they, they may be uh, able to, you know, break it in uh, and one of these goalies in, you know, a little bit more slowly than, than uh, you know, in other years. And then you also add in, uh, that JJ Murphy uh, Jr. is back uh, at X, uh, and you know he's been around for a couple of years now. Um, played quite a bit as a freshman, and uh, you know has, has probably or has worked himself into being one of the best guys in the state. So I mean, even if if uh, you know if he's winning faceoffs, then you're not, you're not going to see the ball as much, and then. You know, even when you do, you got some really good guys in front of you. That uh, I, I love JJ. He's he's done nothing but work really hard. He um, so he played on my 22, 22 purple tomahawk team back in. Uh, I think I started with these guys in sixth grade and definitely in seventh and eighth grade. 
we we realized that all of a sudden we we needed a face-off guy there and, and jj with his wrestling background uh decided that this was going to be his ticket and really committed to it and um you know over the years has uh has really developed into probably probably the top face-off guy coming into the season in the state right now um you know bryant committed as a junior so again that can be a good and a bad thing i mean that defense and goaltending they may not see a lot of shots you know early in the season there but uh you know, no one's going to, you know, if you're a coach, you're not going to complain about that. You want the ball and you want to get it to the, the talented offense that you have. Um, you know, jumping into that, you've got Mike, Michael Kiley committed to Colgate. Not a bad school, but you say so myself. <laughs> uh, at least at least they're, know, they're lacrosse program, right? Yeah. They're a lacrosse program. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've got uh, Dawson Clark going to West Point. Don Kikorian, who's committed to Trinity. Um, you know, and th- those are just the college guys. And then, you know, they've got... Uh, Big, big Nick McGovern there, who's uh, you know going to be a matchup problem for a, for a lot of teams. Chris Heitmiller, Kelvin Jezokis, who's going to Wentworth. I mean, they just again, so many weapons, um, you know, for them for them to use through on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, just looking at this, it sounds like they've got about ten guys uh, that can jump in at the midfield, um, and and you know. Having again, we haven't seen a lot of these guys, in, or we haven't seen any of these guys in a high school game in, in almost two years. But watching them during indoor, I uh, was pretty impressed with with a lot of these guys that I, you know, at the time watching them, I wasn't sure who they were until I, you know, until you was able to attach names to them. So, um, you know, they're they're guys that people may not. Some of these guys, you know, the ones you mentioned there, um, you know, names that we're familiar with from a couple of years ago. But some of these, you know, we may get into the first couple of weeks of the season and. You're seeing somebody, you know, scoring a couple goals here and there that you, you know, and and, and this is going to go for every team. You know, we're, you know, we're we're trying to highlight the guys that, um, you know, these coaches have told us they're, you know, they they expect to have big years. But I'm sure there's someone that is not on anyone's radar who's been working the last two years to to get to this point. So that's that's yeah. one thing I'm really excited to see this year. By the way, is just who are the guys that uh, have been kind of quietly, or or maybe not so much, but but. You know, we haven't seen them um, be able to do it at the high school level yet. So I'm hoping to see, or I'm excited to see who does that, who takes that step this year. Yeah. I've already had some pleasant surprises in our skills and drills coming out from kids that, you know, I, I've only known from, from eighth grade because I haven't seen them play right. the freshman year right. and now coming back and growing. So, but, uh, you know, the last thing I'll leave you before we move on from BG is watching them play indoor. They put two teams together, their junior, their junior and senior team, and then they had a freshman sophomore team that was almost as good. So it's it's uh, it's going to take a monumental effort to knock them off. Um, you know, I think there's there's you know I don't think there's any coach coming into this season that wouldn't say they're the favorites. But uh, you know, I I think um, you know if we're going to move on next, I think I think you you talk about you'd be remiss if you didn't talk about the reigning champions in Pinkerton. Absolutely. And I think you can also talk, I think you can also talk about uh, Exeter and coach Holly's team there and what he brings to the table this year. So who do you, who do you want to start with Joe? Let's go with, let's go with Pinkerton. I mean, they are, like you said, they're, they're the defending returning champions. They're due. Yeah. And you know, the, the name that probably everyone will recognize or or knows that coming back for them is, is uh, senior attackman Hunter Druin. Um, I feel like he's going to school. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. Is it maybe maybe someplace we mentioned already? Um, is it is he going it, to Colgate? It too? might be Colgate. I think. Oh man, yeah. unbelievable! What a great school. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like he's, uh, and maybe it's just because you know Mason, uh, his older brother, was you know I think he started playing as a freshman on varsity. Um, I just feel like they're they're guys that play so much that they've been. It feels like they've been around forever. Uh, and you know, to see him now as a senior, uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do, how he's able to, to lead this team. Um, you know, just, uh, yeah, what is him and, and some of these other seniors too, who, you know, their, their names are familiar, but I'm not sure how much I've, you know, I've seen them, them play on, again at the high school level. Uh, you know, all their attack, you got, uh, Mason Barbone, uh, Aiden Price, uh, Jackson Morissette at midfield. Um, yeah, I'm, so what are, I mean, who are you kind of looking I mean, at this team? So too? I, I think, you know, in order to utilize Hunter is incredibly quick. Uh, he's shifty, um, you know, he incredibly accurate. He, he reminds me a little bit of, of, uh, of a Sean Cameron. If, if Sean played attack, you know, similar build, similar shiftiness, uh, you know, very, very accurate. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if coach Goudreau, you know, brought him out of the box and tried to, tried to play him at, uh, 
at midfield um, to try and try and get some more advantageous matchups for him throughout the season and just get the ball in his stick a little bit more. Um, you know, they don't have a Gianno Mara at the X this year. I, I'm not actually sure who's gonna, who's going to be taking faceoffs for them. I'm sure knowing that program, they've got someone, you know, ready to go. Um, but I, I think, you know, some of the guys that, you know, Mason Barbone is going to have to step up. Uh, Jackson Morissette was actually a pretty big contributor as a sophomore in that championship game. You know, he's going to have to step up. Um, Riley Spellman is a matchup problem for a lot of teams. He's a, he's a big, thick, you know, sort of bowling ball type of a player will run through guys uh, and has a very shot, accurate shot on the run. I don't think this is a, as deep a Pinkerton team as you've seen in the past, but you know they're going to be blue-collar. You know they're going to be gritty. You know they're going to come after you and play hard defense. They're going to get out on your hands and, and make you earn everything there. So, you know, again, I don't think you can overlook these guys. I, I wouldn't – it would not shock me if, you know, if if, if they play BG during the regular season and, and – you know, BG gets it twice and maybe it looks pretty easy, but then you get to the playoffs, you know, things change. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't count these guys out by any means. Oh, I mean, we're going on how many years now that, uh, you know, in this matchup, the team that won the regular season meeting has then lost the championship game to the other one. So, I mean, that's kind of been, I mean, that's the way it's gone. I want to say for like the last six years or so, um, five or six years. So, I mean, it's entirely possible. Um, yeah, but you know, they're, I think maybe more so than than uh, maybe I can at least I can ever remember. There's a, a few more question marks about um, the Astros than maybe maybe ever. But if there's a guy to get it done, I mean, you know, it's it's big shoes for Coach Goudreau to fill. But he he is a teacher. He's a leader. Um, you know, as I mentioned, he he's been in the classroom and he and he knows how to win. You know, he he won at Bo when he was at Bo. He won down in Massachusetts when he was in Massachusetts. He won at college when he was at St. A's. You know, and uh, you know he's been a part of that Pinkerton staff when they won a championship there. So, you know, I think if there's there's anybody that's going to get these guys ready and get them believing, and you know, it, it, it winning helps to breed a culture of of belief, and that when the chips are on the line, you're going to be able to do it. You know, these guys, they they've some of these guys returning, they've won, they know how to do it. And so uh, I don't I don't think this Pinkerton team is going to be a pushover by any means. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with Pinkerton. I think they're still in the mix for that that one through one through three spot. Even though we're even though we're likely not going to have seeding in the playoffs, I think they would. If you did seed, they would be they'd be probably in that top three mix there. Yeah, I'd say you know if if BG's number you know one going in Pinkerton maybe two A. And then I would say probably Exeter two B or you know vice versa. Uh, I, I would actually I would actually flip that. I, I've got I've definitely got Exeter just based on that. We, we I mean that's a great transition right there. We can we can talk about Exeter and Coach Holly's group. But you know from what I saw from indoor, uh, Exeter is clearly to in my mind is clearly one one B in my opinion. Actually, I, I think there is a little separation just due to depth between Exeter and Pinkerton um, on paper there. Um, Exeter has the offensive firepower that they return. They've got, you know, Spencer Clark at midfield. He's committed to Bryant. Uh, Coach Holly's son, Connor, who's, who's committed to Clarkson at the midfield. And, and Jackson Hale at the midfield, who, who's committed to Franklin Pierce. And that's not even talking about Hayden Lechner at the midfield, who, who's still deciding where he's going to go next year. So you're, you're running four deep at the midfield there. Um, and then Aiden Drunzik, who, who's a very talented, plays on our, our 22 team uh, played for me for a little bit, going to UMass. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams were kind of questioning, like, is Exeter's defense good enough? Well, they've got three seniors, who, who two of which are playing, two of which are playing in college next year, uh, and and Zach Elbert, uh, Davis Nelson, and and Matt Canfield. Um, you know, so I think they're going to be pretty good there. If there is a weakness to Exeter. I think there's a little bit of uncertainty at the goaltending yeah, position. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they Spencer Clark can face off. I know he's got coach Holly's got some other guys in the program that do it, but they don't have, in my opinion, a true, what you would call Fogo or, or someone who's specializing in it yet at the level, um, you know, that, that BG does. So, uh, you know, I think if there's something that's going to hold them back from, from knocking off BG, it might be, it might be in that area. Um, I mean, do you see it any differently? No, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much everything, uh, I was thinking about with them too. Um, you know, but it's kind of similar to, to BG in a sense though, too, like you were saying that they've got that experience, 
um, of age just on defense and then looking at the goal position, you know, of course you had uh, Henry Vote there last year um, who's now playing at Merrimack College or, um, and doing a pretty good job down there himself. Uh, you look at you look at the two guys that they've got competing uh, for goal in uh, a sophomore and Ryan Tapman and a, f- a freshman and uh, Ethan Burnage. And with, with the sophomore, with, with Tadman, you've got to figure how great would it have been last year to get him as a freshman, a year of varsity experience behind Henry, kind of, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, I imagine that they worked together in some capacity b- uh, before, but just being around him every day at practice and, you know, just some stuff is going to kind of rub off on him. Um, you know, you don't, unfortunately, you miss out on that potential uh, experience there, but, um you know, I'm, I'm, it should be interesting to see how that kind of works out. Who they, which, what direction they end up going, and you hope think that maybe again the the experienced defense can kind of maybe make up for some things and and kind of allow that goalie to kind of uh, get his feet wet before you know you get too deep into the season, right? Absolutely. I mean, watching both watching both of those guys play in indoor this year, you know, they're both they're both capable of doing it. Um, I think Ryan, as a sophomore, has a little more confidence. He's been around. He's been around those kids. He kind of knows them. Been in the system for a little bit longer, but you know, um, you know, Ethan's got a lot of potential too. I watched him earlier this fall when he came to Tomahawk tryouts. Um, so, you know, I think uh, I think th- they'll be in good shape in the goal there. You know, can they get the ball to? Can they make stops? Can they win faceoffs? And can they get the ball to their to their talented offense enough this year? Um, and that'll be that'll be the real determination and how far they go, and and you know can they give can they give BG a run and or or can they knock off Pinkerton if they have to play Pinkerton before before the championship there. So, um, you know that's that's sort of where I am with the top three there. Um, you know if we're looking at the rest of the division, um, you know I'm I'm curious to see how you see it, but my next I would say you know in the next tier. I've got I've got sort of six teams, uh, five five to six teams in that mix. I've got Londonderry, South, Sohegan, Concord, and Bedford. That's kind of I see them kind of fighting for that. Again, if we were if we were ranking teams to be to be in the top four this year, um, do you do, do you think any different? Do you feel like I I, I, I neglected anyone there? What do, you, what do you think? No, I think that's um I think that's about where I would go to. I might have. Uh, Londonderry, South, and Sauhegan, those first three that you mentioned, a little bit ahead of, of Concord and Bedford, just because I think there's, to me, there's a little bit more, uh, a few more question marks with both of those teams, uh, with, with Concord and Bedford. Um, certainly, you know, they've got a, both got a handful of kids that are coming back that are, are very talented. Um, but, you know, I look at, you know, what, what Londonderry has coming back, what South has coming back, and, and what Sauhegan com- has coming back. And I think those um, just those experienced kids maybe puts them a little bit ahead, uh, in, in my mind. Um, although yeah, I, I, I would, I yeah. would tend to agree with you. And I think when we talk about Sauhegan, um, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the injury bug hit them a little bit too, and, and some experience there. So I would kind of lump, you know, Sauhegan a little bit in with that Concord Bedford mix there too. And I, so do you want to, do you want to talk a little Let's bit go. about Londonderry? Why don't you tell, oh, tell us okay. what you, tell us what you got on, <laughs> on Londonderry. Um, bit. you know, Londonderry, I know they were, they were a pretty senior heavy team last year. Um, you know, a lot of guys that had, you know, been on, that were on the football team and had won a championship with the football team. Um, you know, so, and, and as you've seen it happen I, I, numbers of times in high school where, you know, just that, that experience, that success carries over from sport to sport, um, regardless of, of um, necessarily sometimes, you know, experience in another sport. So I think, you know that's going to be a, a huge, uh, huge loss for them. And you know, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to, you know, be playing with heavy hearts this. I think this year, um, you know, after the loss of their their friend and teammate um, Jake Nar, uh, but they've got some. I think some pretty good kids coming back. Um, defensive side might be where they start with that. I believe they've got uh, Robbie Derhawk back on defense and uh, Ian Ward, who's an LSM. Um, you know, and then at, at midfield, uh, Zach Fawcett, who. Um, you know, is just I think a tremendous athlete. I believe he's on the he's plays football and basketball at Londonderry as well. So I mean that's a um, you know, having kids like that on your team, I mean that's always a huge help just having those kids that are, are multi sport athletes and um you know, uh on offense, um, you know, I think Hunter Smith is a guy that they're gonna be looking to to kind of step up. Um, played varsity, had a pretty good year as a sophomore, uh, but they did lose a lot in terms of uh in scoring from a year ago, you had a guy, uh, 
Cole Keegan, who was uh, an All-State player for them, who graduated last year. So that's someone that they're really going to have to try hard to find a replacement for that offense. Yeah, I think midfield definitely midfield's definitely going to be their their go to like the, the what they're going to lean on the most. I mean, you know, Isaac McCune, Aiden Dennis, uh, Jake Kester, um, you know, and, uh, Jake Nard definitely would have been in that mix for them. They're they're deep at the midfield, and uh, you know they've got a solid they've got a solid faceoff guy and and Alex Verschot. Um, you know, and and goaltending will be goaltending will be okay with, with Tim Brewer in there and the pipes. Um, so. You know, I, I do. I think I think they're fighting for that fourth spot. Um, you know, and and you know, you know, a Londonderry team is always going to be blue collar. They're always going to be physical. They're they're going to come after you, and and play a physical style of game. So, um, you know, I, I expect them to match up really well. And uh, you know, if the, if those other teams are having a tough day at the faceoff circle or other things, I think I think Londonderry can sneak up on them. Definitely. Yeah. Sure you know, one thing with those the, those teams too, um, especially with with Coach Sampson there. Um, you know, don't usually ever question their effort. I think, um, you nope. know, not there for every game, but the, I, you know, just the ones that I've seen. You know, I feel like they're always a team that that doesn't really ever back down. Um, you know, regardless of who they're playing. So I mean, that's that's something I think you can always kind of count on too. Like you said, that that blue collar mentality that they don't they don't really ever give up. Yeah. So, you know, transition from them, you know, I need, I, I see another team, you know, one of, one of your favorite teams, I know you're, you're partial <laughs> to the Nashua teams there. You know, I, I, I see Nashua South, even though I think last year they, they had a, a really, really good team this year. I think they still return a great core of kids. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just I'll start from my standpoint, you know, in a goalie, Ethan Johnson is a, is a great backbone to start from, you know, having him in net um, is going to, is going to bring a lot of stability to them uh you know senior they've got senior drew flurry committed to merrimack as an attackman uh senior Jaden murphy who's going to play a little bit of both and then another guy who played for me nate campbell who's a junior playing at the midfield he was an attackman for me when he played for me but um you know good enough athlete good enough stick skill that he's playing at the midfield there i i, I like them i you know i liked i liked what they were what they were doing in, in 2019 and, and i kind of see some of that going forward here you know um, they've got a good, maybe not quite as deep as they would have been last year, but I think they got enough that, that they're going to, they're going to give teams problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, what we talked about with BG and Exeter where it's, you know, maybe the defense has to, to, you know, win a couple games early on as the goalie kind of gets settled in. I think they might be the opposite of that. You mentioned, you mentioned Ethan Johnson, who's, uh, I believe started as a freshman or was in the mix starting as a freshman, um, two years ago. And, you know, outside of that, they've got uh, a senior Joshua Taylor returning on defense. But um, other than that, their their defense is going to be fairly young, fairly new. Um, you know, so they're going to yeah, – and, and you meant – yeah, like the, the biggest thing was the depth. Um, they were going to have a ton of depth uh, last year, you know, where guys like Flurry and Murphy could have uh, – you know, they, they may not have been called on every game to score, you know, five, six, you know, you know whatever. Right. Whatever. Um, this year they're not going to, you know, there aren't going to be as many games where they can have an off day and, and South can get away with it, I think. Yep. And, and, you know, you know how big the faceoff circle is in, in high school lacrosse. And so, you know, again, I, I'm not sure that this team is one that has a, a they have in the past, but I don't, I don't know that, the, that Nashville South has a true uh, face-off specialist this year so that that could be something that ends up haunting them a little bit yeah, this year they, as well. They had a guy, uh, Jaden DuPont, that was, taken them the last couple of years of course he graduated last year was among that senior class i believe if i'm remembering correctly i think murphy is able to take them um but i'm not not 100 sure on that um but i'm you know a senior uh you know with the experience i'm sure they could probably he's probably more than willing to be that guy that if they needed him to um you know he'd step up and do it um you know really uh, again another guy that's a, a multi-sport athlete um you know, and, and, and has done a lot of things, I think, for South over the years. So I'm excited to see yeah. what they, they kind of put together, how it looks for them. Actually, if, if I can, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Now, I know, I know you're, you're, you're maybe a little leery of me looking ahead at these schedules just because we never know what's going to happen. Uh, but I can't help myself. Um, I, I've already penciled in that first Monday in April, April, April 12th, uh, Exeter at Nashua South at 430 over at Stellos. That's where, you know, if anyone's looking for me Monday after, that Monday afternoon, that's where I'm hoping I'm going to be. 
Um, Ooh, I'll tell you what, I'm getting out of, I'm getting out of practice and racing down route three and, and checking that one out. That that is that's gonna be that'll be that'll be fun to see both yeah. those. If nothing else, it'll be fun just the first day of the season get out and see some lacrosse. So that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, fun way to start the year, uh for both for both teams, I think. Um okay, so we said I guess I guess next on our list would probably be what, Sauhegan? Um you did mention Yeah. They got banged up a little bit, and, and from what I'm seeing, that, that um, they're unfortunately going to be without Luke Manning, uh, senior defenseman for uh, for the rest of the for yeah. the entire season, which is really unfortunate. Really big hit, yeah, really big hit to their defense. Luke was Luke was you know again not to be cliche, but sort of the quarterback of that defense. Uh, incredible athlete, um, you know, just someone that really was a game changer. You know, that could take away the other team's you know best offensive player, and and losing him for the season is a big blow, but. You know they do have they do have a very very talented player in, in Riley Lawhorn at, at the midfield who, you know, is again probably you know, does he have enough around him? That's to be determined. But you know he's he's a game changer himself. I mean there are very few guys matching up. I mean was he, was he Division Two Player of the Year in football this year? Did I give him enough credit? Was he? Um, you know what? I'm drawing a blank on that right now. I know he was an all-state kid, and and they won a championship this year. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he was player player of the year. But regardless, very very talented athlete. Um, you know, and and one of the reasons why you know Sauhegan will be in the mix this year. Um, they have a new player from indoor who whose brother Max went to Dairyfield. Max Karpowicz. Uh They have a new player, Alex Karpowicz, who well, I say new player. He's a senior. This kid is going to, he's going to surprise some guys. He is a big physical matchup, all state football player. He's uh, I believe he's going to Hobart for football um, and lefty. Uh, he's, he's going to catch some teams that, that aren't careful. Maybe I'm giving it away. Now it's on the podcast. Here, <laughs> but uh, You know, he's uh, he is not your typical, like, well, the seniors coming out for the first time. Can he even cradle this kid's big, he's strong, and if you don't play him right, he's gonna he's gonna score some goals. So I um, I, I did a little did a little quick research here. Uh, just sorry, just to, to go back. Uh, Riley was the uh, the South Cluster Player of the Year in Division Two. There you go. Uh, also, I don't know if we, if you meant, I'm sorry if you did mention this. He's uh, going to UMass Lowell next year, so another New Hampshire guy going a, a little bit south of us uh, to to play in college. So uh, won. excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think I think if Sauhegan's going to have success, they're going to need they're going to need some of their younger guys to step up. Uh, two guys that I've coached and I loved, uh, Cole Manning, uh, freshman, uh, Luke's Luke's younger brother. He he's going to play some, some midfield and attack. Uh, good good lefty. Yeah, he's righty lefty. He's a good feeder, good finisher, good shot on the run. Uh, and Brett Bouvier, who's who's a freshman defenseman, uh, you know, very aggressive, gets out on hands, plays good angles, good feet. So they're going to be a little bit young there. So again, does Riley have enough around him to kind of to kind of fill in those gaps and and, and you know draw enough attention away from him? You know, uh, can Alex Karpowicz be a matchup you know matchup problem that teams have to to counter on? Can Cole Manning you know do enough as a freshman? And then you've got guys like Connor Holland, who's a midfielder, Tony Tony Durant, who's a junior midfielder, Will Boyle, the senior attackman. Um, you know, can can those guys do enough to get them over the hump there? Um, you, know, you know, they do have question marks at the faceoff circle and in the goal. So, you know, again, that's that's kind of why maybe we have Sauhegan sort of in, in the middle of the pack there yeah. fighting, fighting for that. You know, so, and seeing how. But but the nice thing is in a COVID year, right, essentially all of these games are scrimmages. So you, you do have the time to bring up a new goalie, to break in a guy at the faceoff X, to try some different things on the field without the pressure of being like, well, if we lose these games, well, we might, you know, we might end up being the the 10th seed and have to, you know, play Pinkerton or Bishop Gritton or Exeter in the first round, it's going to be probably out of a hat. So it, it won't really matter, you know? So, um, you know, we mentioned some of those guys, uh, Lawhorn and, and Carver, which of course football run the football team, uh, Tony Garant, Will Boyle and, and Luke Manning too. I know we, we said he's out for the year, but all, all of those guys, not only were, um, you know, key guys for the, the championship football team this past fall, they were all, all state players. Uh, you know, and, and again, that's something I something I, I would never discredit is is winning a championship in another sport and then, you know, kind of getting the band back together for, you know, for a different sport, another season. Um, I think that's always a huge thing, um, you know, for, for a team, just having that experience of having won together. Winning, winning, winning definitely creates a culture and it, it definitely helps. 
to get there. So, you know, definitely don't count Sohegan out. And then, um, you know, another another team that, uh, you know, is usually has been in the mix and has a has a championship pedigree is, is Bedford there. You know, and again, depth, I think I think across the board, you know, if you're not if you're not Bishop Girton, depth is probably going to be an issue at most most of these schools this year. Um, but, you know, Bedford does does return some some very talented players and, and Will Enters at the LSM, Max Maniello at the midfield, Connor Robusto at, at attack. Um, they they may have enough pieces that they maybe they're that four maybe they're that four that top four seam there. I mean, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I definitely would would see them in the mix. I mean, it's it, I th- I feel like they could be another team. Um, you know, like I was saying that that maybe has guys that we don't you know we don't know too much about that end up stepping up and and you know being big contributors this year. Um, but certainly it's I mean it's a program that. Uh, you know, has been right there in the past. They were a semifinalist, I believe, what, in 20, that first year in D1, uh, in 2015, I believe. Um, and, and I believe they got back in 2016, if I'm remembering that right. Um, yeah, so I certainly think that they are, again, one of those teams that, that should could be in that second tier um, of, of teams that we were just talking about. Well, and I'll tell you, if there if there are going to be some surprise guys, you know, guys that I think probably would have would have popped up on the scene last year for them, they've they've got two juniors who again played for me on that twenty two team. Um, you know, they they've got Will Kramer, who you know I don't know if they're going to use him as a midi or an attackman. You know, um, quick, shifty. Um, you know, people look at him and they're like, oh, you know, this, this little guy, but he's he is incredibly fast, incredibly skilled, high IQ. You know, he can definitely he can definitely get the job done. Uh, Magnus Steele, I mean, a name like Magnus, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna sneak up on anybody like that. But and he and he plays that way too. He's a, he is a big dude, a powerful shot on the run, um, playing at the midfield there. So th- to me, those two guys could have breakout years. You know, on offense there, and then and then a kid, you know, a junior Parker Hendershon on on defense there, very aggressive. Again, gets out on hands. Um, you know. It, it, I, I do. I think I think this team, you know, has has the ability to get there. Um, they're going to have to break in probably a freshman goalie um, with Dylan Stewart not being there right now. But, um, you know, again, they may have enough defense around there and they may have a good enough offense that, you know, they, they might be competing for that four spot. You know, and uh, the other team, I think that we mentioned uh, Concord, um, you know, they're another one that, that a little bit like Bedford. Maybe light on the the experience coming back in, in the you know in the senior class or in, or certainly in the lower classes, um, but again might they might sneak up on some people. You know, in, in talking to Coach Smith, he's he's really excited about the season. He's uh, he's again excited to get out there and, and do some teaching. And he's got a great group. Of, he's got a ton of younger kids. Um, you know, large class of juniors and sophomores that he, that you know he just hasn't had a whole lot of experience with. Um, but he, he's, he's really only got three, three returning seniors in their, in their captains. He's got Sam Nickel, uh, Eaton Tarbell and Aiden Pope, um, you know, should, uh... and attack, attack and, and, and long pole. And I think, you know, even those attackmen, he's going to use in different roles. He may have running midfield. He may, you know, wherever, wherever he needs them on the field, they're going to play. Um, but you know, it may, it may be a year too early for Concord. They, they may be a team of, you know, is it is it 2022 or 2023 where we where we see them? You know, maybe make a final four run at that point. Should mention, uh, I don't know. Well, it was on it was on social media earlier, so I'm not sure if it's breaking news, but uh, we definitely or saw on one dimension we saw on Wednesday that uh, Aiden Pope had uh, committed to um, uh, Norwich University uh, on Wednesday. So uh, you know, another guy uh, that, that that's uh, in the state going off to play in college. Uh, so congrats to him. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. More guy, more guys playing. That's that's what we like to see spreading the game there. Yeah. So that's great. Um, you know, and then they, then to kind of finish up here, you know, I think in that in that next mix, you know, we've got teams like Dover and Salem and Merrimack and North, you know, and kind of uh, you know rebuilding and and get some get some younger squads and then you know, but they intermix with those teams. They've got some really talented guys. Where where do you want to go to round out here? You know, let's go let's go to Salem. They're they're kind of an okay. one that I'm I'm interested yeah. in to see how they do. They definitely you know we we're talking about this the way the schedules are put together and and just looking over there is that they've certainly um, you know challenged themselves. Um, you know they got a couple guys. Uh, they're ca- actually their captains for this year: uh, Spencer Dean, Eli Lum, Hunter Day. Who um, you know all, all three sound like they're um, you know they're. 
talented guys who are, are looking to have big years. And, and, you know, don't forget, you know, what was it, 2018? They were kind of the surprise of Division One. I. I want to say they won 10 games or so. Uh, yeah. made, made the playoffs, um, really opened some eyes and were, were you know, a, a team to kind of watch out for. And I, I think, you know, um, I don't know, you know, how, how if they can repeat that again this year, you know, but again, with the, with the open tournament, I mean, anything's possible. Um, it's, uh, it, numbers are not a problem for them. They've got great numbers. It was really impressive to see they had they had two full teams playing indoor um, you know, as you said, Hunter Day, you know, he's, he's a, he's an all-state defenseman that, uh, again, played for me on that 22 team, this junior class, that 22 junior class team is, is a, is a very talented group. And, and Hunter is going to be one that, you know, um, he, he's going to be disruptive for a lot of teams. Um, he can, he can play LSM, he can play close. Um, you know, I, I really like him a lot. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Eli Lum and, and Spencer Dean, they're, they're going to be very good players for, for Salem this year. Um, I, I definitely, I'm glad we started with Salem because I, I would agree with you. I think they're the top of that group that, that might even be able to sneak up on teams like like a Concord or a Bedford or Sahigan and things like that. You know, so I, I think uh, if, if some of those younger kids step up, they're going to be in really good shape this year. You know, it sounds like they have two guys, too, that, um, you know, maybe – are, are under the radar that, that, you know, no one really has heard about one of which, you know, because he's a freshman, uh, and, and Brett Atkins, um, you know, who, who sounds like they're expecting, you know, a lot of stuff from him potentially, uh, even, even as a freshman. And then, uh, another guy, uh, in Connor Doyle, who, uh, is a senior who moved here from, uh, from California. Um, you know, they're both, um, both middies, both guys that I'm sure, you know, there's not a lot out there uh, on either of them just because of one, again, one transferring from across the country and, you know, the other one being a freshman. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that adds to it kind of like the, the, my, the curiosity of like, oh, what, what could these guys potentially be, uh, you know, in a year like this? Yeah, you know, and they've got uh, they've got solid goal sending and, and Chris Hillebrand and then, again, a kid who's, uh, who's, who's worked a lot with me and Jack Schoenrock as a freshman. Um, so, you know, a nice, a nice situation to have where you've got a senior and then you've got a freshman. So, you know, you, you've got some time, even if, if, if Jack isn't ready, you've got a senior there and then, or you can play them both, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see what Salem, Salem can do this year. You know, um, the team that probably I think was, was hurt, uh, the most in terms of experience by last year. Um, I mean, I think it's got to be Dover. Uh, you know, they were they had 18 seniors in 2018 and then 19 seniors in 2019. Uh, quite the quite the coincidence. Uh, so looking at last year, they were they were you know hoping to be able to get a, a lot of experience in in 2020 and did not. Uh, you know, obviously, we're not able to. Um, so I think they have just five guys coming back that actually have played at the varsity level uh, before this year, which. Um, you know, is, is a tough, uh, you know, tough thing to, to have to deal with. Um, I know their, their schedule is a little bit different, you know, being on the seacoast, they don't, they aren't in as close proximity to as many D1 teams, but um, so they're playing more of a, a D2 heavy schedule um, with, with some of their rivals out there. Um, but still, that's going to be a tough task for those guys, uh, you know, kind of have to learn, um, you know, on the fly. Yeah. I think I think Coach Murphy is going to rely really heavily on on uh, Luke Geppert, um, you know, who, who's he's a senior this year. You know, as a sophomore, had had 15 points. He was 10 and five playing in Division One. That that's pretty good as a sophomore in Division One. You know, I think he's going to be one of their one of their main scorers there. Um, you know, in in any time when you only have five returning players with legitimate varsity experience, you're going to need time to build up. And and like you said, the pandemic you know, may, may have really hurt, hurt these guys in terms of, of that, you know, having the ability to develop there, but being on the seacoast, we don't see as many of these guys. So maybe they have been, maybe they've been playing in that hooligan program. Maybe they've been, maybe they've been doing indoor and things like that. So again, a, a team to kind of watch develop as, as the year goes on. Um, but like you said, they, they do get an opportunity. They're playing a lot of D2 teams this fall being out on the, or this spring being out on the seacoast there. So again, it may break that may be able to break them in a little bit easier. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, the one thing, too, is, which is good for their their, um, you know, the outlook down the road, um, you know, their numbers still sound like they're good, uh, you know, that they've graduated all these kids. But there's some um, some big groups coming in to fill in, 
um, you know, so that that doesn't sound like it's an issue, which is a, a good well, sign. I, I, I've told you, if I'm a kid, you know, I, I see this stuff. I mean, if I'm a kid, I, I look at what Coach Murphy's doing on on social media there, and I'm like, what guy? <laughs> what guy doesn't want to play for this guy? You know, he's fun, he's hip. You know, he does all the he does all this cool stuff. I'm ready. I'll go suit up for him anytime. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned at the start, there was uh, there's one new newcomer uh, sort of to the division, uh, and that is Merrimack. Uh, of course, they were in D1. Going back a couple of cycles, uh, we're actually a playoff team, I think, their first year in D1. Uh, dropped down to D2 for the 2019-2020 uh, seasons. Made the playoffs in 2019. Um, finished with uh, 11 wins. Uh, and it, it sounds like, you know, they were going to be in a spot where last year, where they were maybe not quite as, as um, in the same spot Dover's in, where they're short on experience, uh, but but close to it. Um you know, they didn't lose a ton from from that 2020 class. Um, you know, it sounds like they've got about 12 kids returning this year who have some experience, and then a pretty big group of juniors that um, you know that, that that could fill in nicely as well. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the roster, they've got uh, it looks like they've got five or six midfielders that are all seniors. They've got some they've got some defensemen that are seniors. So I mean, they, they're going to put a a older, experienced group out there. Um, you know, I, I remember from a couple of years ago, Connor Lanigan at the, at the midfield, he was, he was a really good player for them. Uh, Matthew Todd as, as a junior on attack, uh, you know, was a really good player. Um, so, you know, again, I think it's a tough task for them to be in division one, but again, they're playing, they're, they're getting to play some, some local D two teams around there. So again, there could, could find a lot of success there. Brian Miller is a very good coach. Um, so, you know, I, I expect them to be a very competitive team this year as well. You know, a bunch of guys too, that, um, you know, again, multi-sport guys, um, Steven Petz, Jake Trahan, uh, Shay Goodwin were all, uh, all on the football team. Um, might've been, some of them might've been on the basketball. I'm not, I'm not positive about that. Um, but you know, football players who, you know, jumping over to another sport, um, you know, love the, love the multi-sport athletes. Um, you know, so that, that goes into it too that they're just at least familiar with each other having played a season already this year um and, and like you said they're i think they're a team that that kind of split up their schedule a little bit like they've got some d2 games in there but also some d1 competition and just uh yeah interested to see how they kind of reacclimate to um to d1 and and how that kind of moves them along going into next year too yeah so, you know, and then and then kind of rounding things out, you know, I think, um, you know, National North is a team that's gone through a lot of coaching changes and, and uh, you know, it sort of has a, a cycle of kind of rebuilding there, um, you know, and, and you don't necessarily count out anyone, but I, I think they, they've probably got the most to, to prove at the Division One level there this year. Um, do you see anything differently with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, too. It has been kind of a, a coaching uh, carousel uh, over there. Since uh, since Keith Bertrand left to go to Sauhegan. Um yeah, and I'm not too familiar with with some of the guys that they've got coming back. Um, but they, yeah, I think it's going to be a year of again a team um, probably benefit from from a year like this where you know they just get the opportunity to go out there and play play a ton of games. Hopefully, yeah, you know, and so uh, you know, I, I think you know, looking from top to bottom, I think it's going to be an interesting year in in. Uh, Division, division one, like you said, is this the year where it's not a BG Pinkerton final? Very well could be, you know, uh, with, with the pandemic year, you know, first of all, you got to keep your team healthy throughout the year, Absolutely, right? And then, yeah. uh, you know, um, and with, we kind of talked about a theme throughout the division was, was uh, depth, right? And other than a few teams, you know, it's going to be the teams that are healthiest when it, when it gets to June too. So, uh, you know, a lot of, but I, I'm excited. Like you said, you know, day one, you get, you get Exeter and Nashua South. That's a, that's a great first day right there. So I am, uh, I am counting down the days. I, you know, checking them off on my calendar. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited that we are getting to this point and that we are, we're, Hey, we're done our first preview. Uh, we, we've finished our, our division one boys preview. How about that? Um, it's, it's a great thing to be here, man. Last year at this time, we were, we were not doing. Actually, I think we were we were we were doing previews. We were hoping we were hoping it was only going to yeah. be a two week quarantine. I, but, I, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if we'd started them yet, but we were definitely we definitely did them in the hopes yeah. that there would be a season. Yes. Uh, so now we've got uh, we've got seven days. While while you guys like get to listen and listen to the podcast and and 
take notes on who we uh, who we highlighted and and who we snubbed. Um, we have seven days to try to figure out how to do a twenty three team preview in an hour, give or take. Uh, I I think we're I think we're up for the challenge. Um, I think that's going to be uh, just a wild ride to try to get that into get in into one podcast. We'll we'll hope that maybe the college scene isn't isn't as robust and we we have that we. <laughs> We'll make it work. We'll do it. Yeah. Uh, any anything? Any final thoughts for the week? Uh, not and not just on D one. Any anything that's going on that? Uh, or, uh, well, outside of the start of practices, finally on Monday. Uh, well, we had a good coaches meeting tonight. We had our rules review. It was it was great to see everybody, even if it was uh, only virtual over over Zoom. And uh, just looking forward to uh, to getting to see all my all my friends in person real soon. You know, it's been it's been too long. Um, it's it's been over. Well, it's definitely been over 365 days, and uh, it's been longer. It's actually been longer than that since uh, since the the June of 20, 2019. Yeah. So, uh, you know, excited to get back out there and see everybody. And uh, and let's let's throw one final uh, call out there to uh, to D two coaches and, and any coaches if you're listening to this. Um, you know, if you haven't shot your preview info over yet, please do. Um, I will also be reaching out to you if I haven't heard from you. Uh, the email's nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, if you could, if if you haven't, please get those over so we can talk about you next week and and in future weeks. And um, yeah, I think that's all I got. So, well, Joe, as always, it's it's been a pleasure, and thanks for having me on again. And yes. looking forward to uh, to our D two preview Absolutely. next week. He is uh, Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you next week.